before, well, if you want to turn to Matthew 16, please. <clears throat> the voice is one of the things that's going as I get close to 79. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Um, I do read the thing that says that the years of our, you know, Moses wrote about three score and ten. If it by eight, four, four score, well, I'm going that way. And my wife keeps saying she's going to live to 80 and that's it. And I tell her she can't. She has to keep living. So, anyway. Um, okay. First, it is so good to be with you guys and girls. Since everything is, what do they call it, gender neutral now? Um, yeah, we're not going to go there. Um, it's been a while, at least a couple years. And um, so first, just thank you. This service is, was really, has been really very moving. It's very personal. It's, it's, it's family. It is. And, uh, you know, I praise God you guys have hung in through some, some tough times. Some really, really tough times. And I know that. And not the way you do, but I know that. So I want to just thank you for that. I want to thank you for, you know what's great is your love that's so evident for each other. It really is. Um, and I thank you for that. I thank you for being part of that today. And um, I want to thank you too. I should give you... A, some of you at least know that four years ago were very tough for us. We lost our son to suicide at Fort Hood. Uh, and then my wife was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of cancer. And she is now three years cancer free. Yeah. Uh, that, thank you. That's... Just let her fly Presbyterian Church, right? <laughs> um, so thank you for that. Thank you for your faithful prayers. Um, you know, it, they, they mean so much. They mean so much. And for me to, to you know, send an email now to John Rollins and say, please tell the folks. <laughs> okay, and I know he will. I know he will. John's a dear friend and a, and a wonderful pastor. And, and I am so thankful that he's here with you, at least for a while. Um, I won't push him, that's you guys. But it means so much to know the prayers of the saints and the prayers of God's family. And that's where you guys are. So I thank you for that. She's dealing with a lot of dizziness yet. Walks around there. This is, gentlemen, <laughs> let's see, wise, wise, wise. Um, 
if your wife gets walking sticks, not canes, they're like um, almost like ski poles, a little higher. Um, don't mess with your wife when she's got them. Okay, but uh, you know she's doing well. She's she would have loved to have come, but in our great ability to coordinate each other's calendars, she has been invited. She's over in Springfield, Ohio, really Fairborn. Um, she's with our daughter, uh, and she is got by Nance got by name invited to be at a baby shower for, yeah, for our daughter's a police officer. She says, why are you going to say that? Well, you know what? We're really proud of her. And, and she, the, she smacked me for it, but hit me with her pistol. But um, the lady who is having the baby shower is also works. She's also a police officer. And she had just been a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, a lot of anxiety. And our daughter said, you should talk to mom and dad, us. So we have talked with her. Uh, she has three kids, and she's about to have a, a fourth. Um, and you know, she's, <laughs> Anna said, uh, now, Ashley wants to talk to you today at the bridal, at the baby shower. So sometime between four and six today, I'll get a chance to talk with her. And you know, just to be able to show her the love of Christ. So, and by the way, oh, there's the Sunday school lesson. It's wonderful to have those windows right where they are. Um, thank you, thank you. Thank you for, you know, you're open, you, you, I hate the word share. I hate it with a passion, uh, and I hate communication. I've got a doctorate in marriage and family, and you know what they say, you gotta be able to talk, right? So, but I hate those terms, but you know, you guys really do. You, it's so evident, so evident that you love each other. Okay, I guess that's sermon one, right? We could, I got to check, I could leave now. Okay, let's, uh, if you would, now, I don't know what you all do when my brother John is here. I don't know what you'll do next Sunday, but one of the things I learned in the military, 24 years as a chaplain, was it is good to stand as we read the word of God. So if you would, up again, right? You ever feel like you're up and down? Okay, we are going to start reading. At verse 13, we're going to read through verse 20. And this is Peter's confession of Christ. And we're going to really going to hone in on the on on Jesus response and when we pray I would ask you to pray for me that that becomes really alive and personal and not just okay if you understand what that is y'all have heard sermons like that um, so this is God's word 
Now, when Jesus came into the district of, oh, and this is the ESV, the English Standard Version, right? So, okay. Um, sometimes you just get four or five versions in church, and so please hang in. Um, they came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but whom do you say that I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, <clears throat> got to move over here, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I will tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's where we're going to go today, what Jesus says. Okay, now I lost it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever is you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. That always stops me in my tracks. <laughs> Jesus, why don't you just go out and let everybody tell them who you are? Anyway. Let's pray. Father, first, thank you and help us to keep, help me first, to keep my eyes on you. Because this is about you, Jesus. And about who you are and, and your promise to us as your people that you will build your church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so, Lord, I thank you for that truth. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your church here. And, Lord, just give me the right words to say and get me out of the way, please. Anoint me, Holy Spirit. Anoint your people together that we might grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You didn't believe me, did you? No, no, no. I heard, let me just tell you this. I'm going to, I wander a little bit. I hope that doesn't mess up. Okay, I do wander. Used to drive my wife nuts because I would, in Korea, in a big chapel, I would start over here. And it was a big, big pulpit area. And then I would preach a sermon line in the Bible, and I'd move over here. And what would I do next? I'd go back over there. And then back over here. And my wife, some of you have met her. It's been two years. I mean, we did a lot of cool stuff in that building y'all built. Um, a lot of good food. That's what I remember. She said to me, and there was a Marine two-star general's wife has just come up after the service. And Nance was telling me 
how she got dizzy following me as I wandered around across, back and forth across the pulpit. This, <laughs> and this lady said to her, Nancy, I don't know about you, but when your husband moves, it helps me concentrate. So we'll take a vote at the end of the service. <laughs> it's actually to keep you awake. But this text, two things about this text. First, at the 150th anniversary of what was then the Reformed Presbyterian Church Evangelical Synod, my church, which I still claim as my church, at the big celebration, a man who was who taught me more about philosophy, theology, preaching, just being a Christian, got up and he was going to preach on this text. First thing he said, we sang for an hour. Can you imagine 350 people in a congregation, an organ, you never see organs in churches anymore, organs and pianos, and for an hour we just praise God. And John got up, John Sanderson, none of you would have known John, and John said, in the first hour we, we praised and we talked about what, and for the next hour we're going to talk about whither. But you could listen to John Sanderson for an hour. I know you can't listen to me for an hour. But John's sermon was on this text, and it has never, ever left me. It is so, so important. The other thing, it struck me, I was ordained in 1967. No, 69. Married in 67. Our son was born in 69. So that was a good sequence. I was, I was ordained in 69. So that's 53 years. And I will tell you that this text, along with John 10, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, are the two, how do you say they're the most important texts in the Bible? You can't. I mean, I guess you can't. But for me, those are two of the texts that just absolutely shape who I am as a pastor. First, knowing that Jesus is my good shepherd, and then that Jesus is the one who has promised to build his church. Do you believe that? Okay, not as many amens, hallelujahs, and jumping up and down. And, and, and you know, I just, because I was thinking about the way we prayed, the hymns we sang, and, and they're so real and so personal that, you know, I want us to stay there as we think about what Jesus said in response to Peter's confession. 
You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that Christ is the one who has promised to build his church. And you know what's really important about that? It's, it's that part of the promise is a positive part. But you know the second part of the promise? You know what it is? And the gates of hell shall not. I don't know what the ESV says. Uh, I memorized it in the King James. But the gates of hell shall not. Well, the ESV says prevail. I like overcome, right? The gates of hell will not overcome it. What does that mean to you all here at Winfred? You know you are called the Holler Church, right? The Holler Church. I forgot how far down the holler you were when I turned and came down this way. What I really, really, what's just been at me, and I thank you for the hymns, and I thank you for the prayers, and, and the Sunday school class where we talked about Jesus' wisdom. Please keep Jesus right here. Is that a good thing to say? Keep him right here. He's the one that makes the promise. And he's the one who is the son of God. He is the one who is your savior. And my savior. I like eye contact, even though you can't see it. And, and Jesus, one that says to you and to me, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not overcome it. And you know what's kind of interesting? I think about that. And, and in the context of, you remember, Jesus says, Okay, you guys, what do people say? Who do people say I am? And, and, you know, they gave Jesus a pretty good pedigree. You know, You're, you might be one or one of the other, one of the prophets. That's a big deal, right? Jesus says, okay, but who do you say I am? And the beginning of the confidence we have that Jesus will build his church starts right there. That you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And as we were singing the last hymn, I've got it here somewhere. Uh, the second hymn, I will sing of my redeemer. You know, um, there is, is that the right one? No. Yes. I will sing of my Redeemer. I guess that's what's on the sheet. Um, you know what went through my mind? I will praise. I will sing. I will tell the wondrous story. You know what that says is, okay, you know, Jesus, we're not just saying that's who you are. 
But we want to know we praise you, we trust you, we love you, because you're the one who has built the church here in the holler, who is building the church now, and who will build the church in the future. That's so important. So, so, so important. You know, I, I, was, I wrote down a bunch of illustrations, but the one that, that it still goes with me, before I joined the Army, went in the Army in 1978, and I got out, we, we got out in 2002. Before that, I was the pastor of the neatest church in Merrill, Wisconsin. And I'll bet nobody knows or has ever heard of Merrill, Wisconsin. You've heard of Wisconsin. All right, that's good. Merrill, Wisconsin. They were a great congregation. On the pulpit, the lectern, pulpit, not a lectern. This is the pulpit. There was a sign from the Gospel of John that said, sir, we would see Jesus. And you know what? Every Sunday I got up to lead worship, every Sunday I preached, that's what I saw. So, so my first encouragement to me and to you is keep trusting Jesus, who he is, the Christ, the Son of the living God, the one who came and died in our place. And I've really, that, I've read it, been doing a lot of reading about the wrath of God poured out on Jesus for us. That was my wrath. But he's the one who's died. He's the one who was buried. He's the one that rose again for us. And you know what I'm going to say next? He's the one that ascended into heaven for us. And he's at the right hand of God, reigning and ruling and praying for us as he fulfills his promise that he will build his church and then he's coming back for us. That's an amen. Thank you. Right? It is. It is. It's, it's overwhelming. But please notice the promise that Jesus made to you and to me that he is going to build his church by his power. Okay? That he will build his church. And, and the rock, this is just, this is an aside sort of, but it's not. Do you, what, do you, do you, what do you think the rock stands for? When Jesus said on this rock, I will build my church, it's not Peter. It is not Peter. You have Catholic friends, they're going to tell you, oh, the rock is Peter. Ain't wrong. It's not Peter. The rock may be Jesus, the confession of who Jesus is. But you know who the rock is? 
Jesus, right? Jesus is the rock. And that's the foundation on which he's building the church, on himself. And the church is going to grow. And the church is, yeah, the church is going to go through some bad times. Do I have to tell you that? No. But through that, somehow Jesus is building the church. Not a fun way to do it. Not at all. We were talking about that right before the service. But Jesus, the rock, is building his church. And you know the other thing that becomes really important for me today is the second half of that confession. That the gates of hell cannot overcome it. What are the gates of hell like in the United States of America today that are opposing Jesus Christ, that want to knock the church down? If you say, I believe in Jesus and I believe the Bible, people are going to laugh at you. They may, you know, they really make some bad fun of you. They may cut you off. And then you think about all the, you know, these, you think in Africa with the, the Muslims who are grounding up Christians and executing them. You think about the church in China or North Korea where if you say that I am a Christian, if you're lucky, you're going to go to jail. You could die. But you know, I, I, I was listening to a CD coming down of a sermon preached by the uh, man who is the, the pastor, who is the pastor of the Sister Orthodox Presbyterian Church my sister belongs to in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And, and he, in the middle of this, he was talk, preaching through Revelation. And and he was talking about the supremacy of Christ, but also the fact that of Christ's promise. And he said, do you know where the church is growing fastest in the world? In Iran, or Iran, or however you want to say it. A dedicated Muslim country, and the church is booming there. And the church is growing in North Korea and in China and in Africa. All those places where there's persecution. What does Jesus say? I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail, won't, will not prevail, cannot overcome it. And you know, it's, we're pretty, you've heard it, everybody says it, right? Well, you know, Christians in the United States got it pretty easy. Do we? I, want, I really start to wonder. Because I'll tell you what is getting at this guy at 79 years old who has been preaching to 1969. Um, 
and has had to do some real introspection. And that is, as people start more and more and more to oppose the gospel, okay? And we're not going to run the list. You all know some of that list probably. Am I going to continue to be a faithful witness for Jesus Christ, telling people that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, he is the only Savior, and, and he is coming again? Or am I, gonna, would I, am I tempted to take the easy way? I'm just telling you what, what's running around in this head. And so I thought about that, and I prayed about that, and I said, Lord, keep me from that. Keep me from that, please. So if the next time, if you, if you come to the presbytery, you look me in the eye and say, okay, Bob, wild man, or wildman. Wild man really works, by the way. Are you living up to your conviction that you preached about? Or if you see me, or you want to tell John, drop me an email. Or you can do it. John has my email address. Um, Bob, are you being faithful to what you preached? That's a struggle, folks. That's a struggle. But, you know, how, how does Christ build his church? And, and, you know, the first thing and the easy answer, the first answer, I shouldn't say easy, scratch that. Can you delete that off the Facebook? Um, it is the answer is the witness that Jesus Christ is your Savior. That's how Jesus builds his church. But you know, there's, there's other pieces. And let me tell you the one that I want to just mention quickly because I saw it again today. That Jesus grows his church through his people who love him first, who love each other second, and then what's the third? That you love anybody, anybody who you might walk into, might, you might just bump into or whatever, or more, or if they walk in the doors of the church, that you love them unconditionally, that you love them whoever they are, and that doesn't mean you just accept some of their lifestyle, but that you love them and they see the love of Christ in you. Was that positive? Was that positive for you? I didn't mean to beat you up. That wasn't it at all. 
I hope you saw my heart in this. You know, Jesus Christ, you, you, you guys, you're great. You know, you talk about Jesus and it's real talk and it's faith-based talk and it's talk that sticks. It does. Please know that. And that's the Christ who has promised to build his church. Now, does that mean that next time we come to Winifred, whenever that might be, that we're going to have to sit out in the lobby? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Could it happen? Sure, it could happen. But Jesus is going to build his church. You know, you drive down here, you know, and I, I came down 61 because I stayed at the motel right there at exit 95. And um, they said, oh, the easy way to go. Don't you get back on that interstate. Just turn right and stay. So I'd stay on 61. And then I had to think, okay, I know the name of the road. I know the name of the road, right? But, you know, is Jesus building his church through some of those other churches that are true to the word of God? Yes. Yes. And can you love them and pray for them and support them? Yes. Should they love and support and pray for, for y'all? Yes. Because that's one of the witnesses that people look for. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, first Holy Spirit, thank you for, for getting a hold of me as I, as I preach. Thank you, Lord, for, for hopefully keeping this where it should be, that you, that Jesus is my rock that he is my savior, that he is the rock of everyone in this room, everyone in this church, and that you love your church, and you're going to build your church, and you're going to protect your church. And so, Lord, let us claim that. Let's rejoice in that. In Jesus' name, amen.